Hello and welcome. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. On your 2nd of February, 2022, it is a Wednesday. It is Groundhog Day, in case you didn't hear Puxatani Phil saw his shadow somehow at like 6 in the morning, whatever time they took him out. So there are six more weeks of winter, and I put on Twitter after I heard that, uh, which is GOP Josh 20, I put it on my Gab Getter, which are both GOP Josh. Growing up is realizing that there will be six more weeks of winter either way. It's a fun ceremony, but we know that either way, the winter will still go on. And there's a big winter storm coming to Ohio today. So prayers for all our Ohio listeners, which is our majority state. So good luck. Stay warm. Hopefully your power doesn't go out. Hopefully my power doesn't go out because fun fact, the power goes out. There will be no podcast here. I'll tweet it if I can. And Joe Manchin calls Biden's Build Back Better bill a dead issue. Read his lips. Senator Joe Manchin bluntly assessed President Biden's sweeping $2 trillion social spending bill on Tuesday, calling the stalled measure dead, despite top Democrats recently voicing hope they could revive a scaled-back version. What Build Back Better bill, Manchin responded to reporters, It's dead. The massive spending and energy bill hit a wall in December after the West Virginia Democrat voiced opposition to multiple provisions it contained, stating that he could not vote in favor of legislation in his current form. Joe Manchin is the shadow president. He has veto power of any legislation he really doesn't want to get passed. Him and Kirsten Sinema, because without either of them, it will not get passed. And we know that Joe Manchin has to be more conservative than AOC. Not AOC, he's not a senator, but Chuck Schumer. He was elected, let's see the 2020 margins. Election results. President Trump received over 300,000 more votes than Joe Biden. In West Virginia. Like 310,000. And yet, two years before, they elected a Democrat to the Senate. Obviously, you wouldn't be stupid and run like you're in a R30 state like New York. You would run like you're in an or a D30 state, I'm sorry. You would run like you're in an, a D or an R30 state like West Virginia. And he's not going to govern the state of West Virginia, not govern, but he's not going to legislate for the state of West Virginia like uh, Chuck Schumer will the state of New York. It's just based on the politics of it, it wouldn't make any sense. So Joe Manchin is not going to be supporting the Build Back Better Act in any way, it sounds like, and I'm very excited for that. The massive spending and energy bill hit a wall in December, I said that uh, he cannot vote for the legislation. Only requires a simple majority to pass. Democratic leadership needs to hold its entire caucus together due to the even split in the upper chamber. When asked if he has engaged in any talks in the matter, he told reporters, no, 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 it's dead. Manchin previously voiced concerns about the bill's impact on inflation and its language on the enhanced child tax credit. Previously indicated that he has opened reigniting talks on the bill, but has asserted his previous offer is off the table. And his previous offer being, see what New York Post has to say.
his $1.8 trillion spending compromise. Joe Manchin, and, and I'm not a big fan of who's in control of the government, but Joe Manchin is in control of the government. Joe Manchin is in control. I mean, <clears throat> you, you can't tell me, looking at the power he has had, that he is not the number one Democrat right now. I don't care if it's based on leadership position. I don't care if it's based on seniority. I don't care if it's based on the state that you're elected in. Joe Manchin is currently the number one Democrat in the legislature, in the in the Senate, in the House, in either of them, actually. In a leadership position in the DNC, it is Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is effectively shifting the Overton window, maybe not effectively, but he's, he's attempting to shift the Overton window of the Democratic Party back to a conservative Democratic route. He is... Uh, he is actively the the probably the let me let me, let me think of how I'm trying to say this. He he is the senator trying to shift away from the AOC radicalism, from the squad radicalism. He is not left wing. I honestly don't know why he's still a Democrat. It, it's it is a, what's the word? It is a liability running in West Virginia as a Democrat. And he may not run for another term in 2024. He probably will. He won't get the support of the Democratic Party if he does, but he probably will. And, you know, I don't see why he'd run as a Democrat, to be completely honest, but that's just me. No other Democrat could win the state of West Virginia, and I'm, I mark my words on that. In a presidential election year, running as a Democrat in the state of West Virginia would be a liability more than a helpful, helpful, um, help, helpful party or helpful on the ballot. And if I was a Democrat in the Senate and, and I saw what was going on, if I ran for Senate in New York and I was a Democrat, or if I ran for Senate in any other state and I was elected as a Democrat, I would see this plan that we're going to be talking about right now and say I'm switching parties. The Senate Democrats unveil plan to change the electoral counts. A group of Senate Democrats have introduced a draft of legislation that would amend the Electoral Count Act, the law which sets the process for counting electoral votes. Uh, Amy Klomachar, Dick Durbin, uh, Angus King announced a discussion draft called the Electoral Count Modernization Act would update the Electoral Count Act of 1887. In response to the threats to our democracy since the 2020 presidential election, this legislation seeks to establish clear, consistent, and fair procedures for the counting and certification of electoral votes for the presidency. Experts across the political spectrum agree that the Electoral Count of 1887 needs to be updated to reflect the current realities and threats facing the United States in our election process. In response, as leaders on the Senate Rules Committee with jurisdiction over federal elections and members of Senate Democratic leadership, we have been working with legal experts and, and election law scholars to develop legislation that would modernize the framework of the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Would establish Election Day as the deadline for appointing slates of electors. Set a December 20th deadline to conduct, ele uh, conduct election challenges. Give three days for candidates to file a lawsuit. Establish that the vice president and the presiding officer of the joint session have no power to resolve disputes over the uh, validity of the electoral slates or votes. That's the most important part right there. 
The vice president and the presiding officer of the joint session have no power to resolve disputes over the validity of electoral slates or votes. We're going back now. Going back to a statement from President Trump a few days ago. Let me find it here. I wish I would have saved it, but it's on my phone. If the vice president, Mike Pence, had absolutely no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate, despite fraud and other regularities, how come Democrats and rhino Republicans are desperately trying to pass legislation that will not allow the vice president to change the results? What they are saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome, and now they want to take that right away. Right away. Unfortunately, he didn't exercise that power. He could have overturned the election. You can't say that Mike Pence had no power in objecting to this stolen election. And I'm going to use that language. I'm going to use that divisive, scary rhetoric. You can't say they had no power. He had no power to object to this stolen presidential election and then want to take that away. Provides specific limited circumstances for members of Congress to challenge electors or electoral votes. Raises the threshold for Congress to object to electors to one-third of the members in both houses. Raises the threshold to sustain the, sustain the objection to three-fifths of both changers, chambers. Is not a substitute for confronting the wider crises facing our democracy. We continue to support legislation to protect voting rights prior to election day. Must clarify ambiguities and uh, ambig- ambiguities, if I can pronounce it, a single word today, in the electoral process after the election day to ensure that truly ensure the will of the voters will prevail. The will of the voters. The will of the voters. You say. The voters elected Donald J. Trump twice. President Trump was elected to Congress, not Congress, but elected in dispute of Congress twice. In 2016 and in 2020, President Trump was elected both times. Amy Klobuchar knows this. Angus King knows this. Dick Durbin knows this. Joe Biden knows this. Nancy Pelosi knows this. Kevin McCarthy knows this. Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer do as well. State legislatures in all 50 states truly know this. But they were worried about the political liability of saying the truth about the election. Mike Pence knows that the election was stolen from President Trump, but he was worried about not having the jurisdiction to do something that they're trying to take the jurisdiction away from. You can't say the vice president does not have power to do something and then take that power away from the vice president. It's just generally not how things work. Can't take a power away that someone doesn't have. So this is my thought. My final thought on this, and we're going to cover the rest of what we're going to cover in the show, and then we're going to go to break. Mike Pence had the power to overturn the 2020 election. 
Senate Democrats know this. Senate Republicans know this. Mike Pence himself knows this. But not only are they not going to do something about it, they're going to try to take that right of the vice president away. They're going to try to prevent this from happening again. They're trying to prevent someone calling them out on their stolen election. Because when President Trump is reelected in 2024 by astounding margins to the point where they can't steal the election anymore. And then the 2028 election from whoever Republican wins there, runs there, is stolen from them. They don't want Vice President DeSantis or Tom Brady or whoever the vice president is going to be to have the power to overturn that stolen election. The will of the people elected Donald J. Trump. He had the largest crowd ever in Texas. That's what they're reporting. is the largest crowd ever. And the will of the people is that Donald J. Trump won re-election in 2020. It was stolen from him. The election was stolen from Donald J. Trump. And they're trying to take the ability for the vice president to overturn a stolen election away. On the rest of the show today, we're going to be talking about members of Congress showing up to the only restaurant in D.C. defying mandates, uh, mask and vax mandates. 122 million reasons Donald Trump is the Republican Party. I think it's an opinion article from CNN. And the California single-payer health care bill that would cover all illegal immigrants, including giving them taxpayer-funded abortions, has failed. All that and more, or not all that and more, but all that when we come back here on The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you're following me on all social medias. Uh, Gab is my is my primary platform at GOP Josh over there. My Twitter is GOP Josh twenty. My Telegram t.me slash GOP Josh. Sign up for my newsletter at GOP Josh dot com. Uh, not slash anything, but just GOP Josh dot com. Click the newsletter button. Put in your email address, and I will email you with some pretty epic news. Hopefully by this time next week. Members of Congress show up to the only restaurant in D.C. defying mandates. This is a report from the Daily Caller. Members of Congress visited the big board in northeast Washington, D.C. on Tuesday night in support of its stand against the city's COVID-19 mandates. The bar, co-owned by Eric Flannery, has refused to enforce the district's new vaccine card mandate for entry, according to WUSA. Republican Senate, uh, Senate Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky uh, Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky and other members of Congress visited the bar Tuesday. Pictures and videos show. I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly proud and I'm very supportive of what he, Flannery, is doing because he's saying my individual liberty is worth fighting. It is worth the fight even if I lose my business. And he's not giving up. He's going to fight. It's a big decision. I'm proud of the owner for not submitting. Paul told the Daily Caller. It is their livelihood, and I told each person I think that uh, I think needs to push back to the ability to their means. Haven't followed the silence on any of this from the beginning. Uh, Tim Burchett of Tim- Tennessee, Victoria Sparts of Indiana, Ronnie Jackson of Texas, and Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma also came out in support. 
Sparts slammed the city's vaccine mandate, calling it Soviet-style in a tweet Tuesday night. It is a good thing to stand up to vaccine, mask mandates, show me your papers to get into a restaurant, and it's a good thing to stand up to that. Because they don't have the complete jurisdiction over you, in my opinion, to allow you or allow them to tell you that you cannot go to a restaurant if you decide not to get a health procedure. I'm not vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. And a city trying to require you to get a shot to eat at their restaurants, to eat at their breweries, to go into their stores is insane to me. Soviet style is correct. But I'm proud that there are people in this country who are willing to stand up against this tyranny, willing to stand up against mandating for anything, mandating so you can't do anything anymore. Standing up to that is is great. And I, I thank the big board for standing up to that. Also, I just want to get to this really quickly. Whoopi Goldberg, who I didn't know that wasn't her real name until just now. I just thought she changed her name like Kanye did. Whoopi Goldberg has been banned, or not banned, but suspended for two weeks from ABC for her comments about the Holocaust. I am not pro-censorship for anyone. I don't watch The View. I don't know exactly what she said. I don't really care exactly what she said. I don't think anyone should be censored. It's plain and simple. If I came over here on, on the, over this microphone on this website and I said, hey, I think that Whoopi Goldberg should be suspended from ABC for the rest of her life because she gave her view on a show called The View. Do I agree with Whoopi Goldberg ever? Absolutely not. Has she advocated for censorship herself? Absolutely, she has. But do I think that she should be censored? Absolutely not. But uphold her to her own standards. If Tucker Carlson or Sean Hanley would have said the same thing she said, and if, if I'm getting the correct word on what she said, she said the Holocaust wasn't about race. If that's truly what she said, and that was said by someone like Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, do you really think they'd still be over the airwaves? Do you really think an entire hour of The View, I don't know how long the hour or The View is, I don't watch it, would be dedicated to Fox News not banning racist, anti-Semitic Tucker Carlson? 
So no, I don't support censorship. I don't support her being banned from her show. I mean, it's a network's executive decision. But I don't support censorship. But if she's going to, based on standards, support censoring other people based on their beliefs, I guess... That's just the way the cookie's going to crumble. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. If you advocate for censorship, you will be censored. Especially when you do something that terrible. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm a conservative first. Here is a, a tweet that I retweeted last night. Uh, now I can't find it. Watch it. Oh, come on. Where is it? Okay, right here. A- Anthony Tucker for U.S. Senate. He is running for New York, so I don't think he's going to win, but... He put this on Twitter last night. I'm a conservative first. Whoopi Goldberg should have the right to say whatever she wants, no matter how misinformed. That's how we are supposed to start dialogue in this country. And that 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 has limits, of course. Like obscene images are not protected under First Amendment, but she has her First Amendment right to say whatever she wants to say. I may disagree, but she has the right to say it. Also, today, the Washington Commanders, the the Redskins, revealed their new team name, the Commanders. Actually, it's been known for like two months now. I thought they were going to go with the Washington Presidents. It would have been a lot cooler than the Commanders. But the Redskins are considered offensive. I heard on the radio this morning, it's a slur. I just think of the Washington Commandos, which was... I think it was also a football team at one point. The Washington Commandos. Arena football team based in Fairfax, Virginia. Yeah, so they were a football team at one time. The Commandos. Now it's the Commanders. The Washington Commies. So many... Ruthless nicknames. But the Washington Redskins are no longer the Washington Redskins. No longer the Washington football team. Washington football team is a terrible name as it is. But hey, Wokeness won. And I don't even follow the NFL. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it's the news of the day. I don't follow the NFL. Do you follow the NFL? I don't. I, I really could care less about sports of any kind, to be honest. I, I, I watch professional bowling. That's about it. <laughs> CNN article from Chris Sililiza. Former President Donald Trump ended 2021 with $122 million left to spend in his various political accounts. That is not only exponentially more than any previous former president, but is also more than double than the $56 million that the RNC had left in the bank at the end of last year. The massive financial discrepancy between Trump and the National Party Committee is unprecedented, and it functions as a reminder that Donald Trump is, or the Republican Party is Donald Trump right now. Everything flows through him. Money, endorsements, policy. Trump is the son. Everyone and everything from the RNC to congressional leaders to potential 2024 contenders revolve around him. And then it was 
saying it's a scary thought. It's not a scary thought. The point, Republicans have gone in too deep with Trump to even have the possibility of walking away. The best they can do is hang on for the ride. They tried to walk away. Remember Liz Cheney crying that Donald Trump, oh no, he has supporters who knew that he got elected again, but no, no, they they, they went to the Capitol and protested when they had a permit to be there. Oh no. They tried to walk away. The RNC, the RNCC, the Republican National Congressional Committee. The Republican leadership can try to walk away as much as they want. But we have never seen in American history as much support for a presidential candidate, as much support for a former president, as much support for a president as we did in 2020, as we did in 2016, as we did with President Trump. He advocated for us he worked for us not for the washington special interests he worked for us not the packs not the super PAC. he is his own super pack he worked for the american people protecting us and putting us first and the globalist republican party may not support that and that's fine with me but we know who's going to win out in the end and it's going to be the president, the, the, whichever party President Trump runs under. The Republican Party is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the Republican Party. And they can try to change that. I don't know how they would, but they can try to change that. But we all know who the leader of the Republican Party is. And it's not Ronna Romney. It's not my, um, uh, Kevin McCarthy. It's not Mitch McConnell. It is Donald J. Trump. We have one more article that I don't have much time to get to, but another celebration. We're going to do some more applause. California single-payer health care bill that would cover all illegal aliens dies. We're weighing doubling taxes to pay for a single-payer health care system that would cover all illegal aliens. In 2019, California extended health coverage to illegals 26 and under. Uh, began covering illegals over the age of 55. The bill failed to pass the Democratic-controlled legislature on Monday, so it's dead for now. Um... So hallelujah. If, if you're a California conservative, I can't tell you, I can't stress enough, get out of California. Get out of that cesspool of taxpayer wasted, or wasting taxpayer dollars. Get out of that cesspool of putting illegal aliens first. Get out of that cesspool of Democratic control. There are enough Republicans to flip like two states registered in the state of California. So move out. Make them not the most important state. Move to states like Florida, move to states like Texas, keep our Republican stronghold strong. Save money on your taxes. (laughs) I don't really know what else to say. Just just move. Go to go to conservative states. I'm in I'm in the beautiful red swing state of Ohio, so I'm all happy. (laughs) My name is JP Josh. This is that this has been, if I can speak today, the conservative crusader. Follow me on Twitter, JP Josh20, Instagram, JP Josh20 as well. Gab is GOP Josh. Getter is GOP Josh. Telegram is t.me slash GOP Josh. Stay warm if you're in Ohio, and I will see you all tomorrow. Hopefully, if we have power, stay tuned.